0: Today on the ZabeCast, my triumphant return from Pinehurst and a golf trip recap that I promise will be short, sweet, and painless. The caps are in a tight spot tonight. Elimination event. All that plus 20 pounds of Drew Olsen sports takes smashed into a 10-pound bag. If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Monday, May 21st, 2018. I am back from Pinehurst. Thank you very much for downloading today's Zabecast. Thank you for the two days off as well. I appreciate it. By the way, da We just went over a half a million downloads in little over four and a half months now. I'm not good at math. January, February, March, April, May. Yes, four and a half months. Uh, we just topped our 500th download of this very ZabeCast. I cannot thank each and every one of you enough for that. It's been fun. It's been good. And, you know, uh, maybe I can make a nickel out of this game at some point. Who knows? Going to work on that next. Not looking to gouge anybody, but looking to continue to be able to provide quality spoken word entertainment to you for, if not free, next to nothing. How about that? So got back from Pinehurst, which I should clarify is technically Southern Pines. We did not stay at Pinehurst Resort. We stayed at Mid Pine. We actually stayed at Pine Needles, which has a sister course right across the street called Mid Pines. They are both absolute gems. They are Donald Ross brilliant gems of golf courses that have only gotten better and better over the years. We started going there 16 years ago for this tournament, the Malcolm McLeod Memorial, which was actually the Chervik Cup. Initially, the first year we called it the Chervic Cup in honor of of course Al Chervik. You know, hey Hey uh call it the Chervik Cup. I think I have some uh, Caddyshack on here. Hold on two seconds, Caddyshack. I gotta go to college. I got no. I christen thee no. the flying walk.
1: Come on, bark like
0: a dog Mark for like me. Dog. I will teach you the meaning of the word respect. That's all I have on the Caddyshack front. It was the terrific cup for the first year, then it became the Malcolm after my buddy Mike McGowan, Cowboy Mike, accidentally swiped the boarding pass of one Malcolm McLeod instead of his own of Mike McGowan, and possibly ruined the travel plans of some poor guy from Austin, Texas, who we didn't even know. Okay, so 16 years have been going down to the Pinehurst area, Southern Pines, to play golf in the spring. Sometimes as few as 12 guys, sometimes as many as 24. We had 20 this year, including 10 noobs, 10 noobs. New players from all over the country, guys who stepped up and said, I'm in. Guys I'd never met before, but people who are listeners and fans and follow me on Twitter that jumped in and said, I'll do this. I, you know, I can't say enough how much I appreciate those guys because they got to fit in. Guys can be tricky at times with the fitting in thing. Like, you know, hey, I'm part of a group. I don't know, you know, where I stand, you know, and how much shit should I give a guy. I'm a new guy around here. Well, let me tell you, these guys were champs. And I can't say enough. Ten noobs, only one of whom I knew. And we played 90 holes of golf in and out of the rain. Ridiculous rain, by the way. Caribbean rain plume is the name the name of that stupid system that plagued the East Coast for the better part of all last week and and this weekend till it finally kind of gave way. Caribbean rain plume. Basically two low pressures that work like a gear effect to spin in opposite directions. I don't know how that's possible. And drag moisture in a train straight up the eastern seaboard where the bands and the uh, blooms of rain and thunderstorms just kept coming one after another. After another straight up and down. It's crazy. Never seen it before called the Caribbean rain plume. So we got all holes in, which is not only a a bit of a a miracle, but it's also a testament to the fact that when you go to Southern pines, Pinehurst area, everything is sand, all the soil sand based. And so therefore it can absorb a lot of rain and still be very playable. And they even let us off the cart paths for much of the weekend until finally they said, you got to stay on the card path because we've had too much rain. So that's a great, another great reason to go down there. It also, it just feels like one of our guys, Brent Boydston. Brent, what's up, buddy? He said, this is as close as I feel like I'll ever get to playing Augusta National. And he is not wrong. Because you're talking about these tall pine trees all over the place. And the way they've redone these golf courses, mid-pines, and pine needles. It's not Augusta like in that it doesn't look like Augusta with a big, super white, clean cut edge bunkers. It's exactly the opposite. It's more of a natural look. But when Corin Crenshaw, the noted design team, went in and redid Pinehurst number two, which had become just a very stale blanket of Bermuda grass, green, lush, sort of flat golf course, and said, no, 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 strip out that extra rough that is Bermuda and put in natural areas, wire grass and scrub sand and pine needles and stuff like that. It gave that course extra definition. It really it turned the course into a knockout visually. And that was the case with Pine Needles. Pine Needles has hosted the U.S. Women's Open twice now, and I believe a third is on the docket. Or maybe they've done it three times and a fourth is on the docket. It doesn't matter. Pine Needles first hosted the U.S. Women's Open when Morgan Pressel made history as playing in it as a 12-year-old. So that was where they started playing. Uh, that's where I first heard of Pine Needles, and then we shortly went there, I think the year afterwards or the the very next year. And it's been great every ever since, but they've made it better and better because... They've done a lot of that stuff where they strip out the extra grass add some natural areas add a bunker here some definition some depth it just the pine needles has gone from being the plain girl with glasses in the library that you know has her hair up to getting a total makeover and is now a smoke show and the way that the course comes down 18 dog leg downhill par four right to this centralized area with the lodges up on the hill, a giant flagpole in the middle, uh, putting green there, restaurant, lodge. It's its incredible. I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want you to make, make it more expensive for me to go there. Although, uh, I've already booked next weekend. I've already booked next year the same weekend. I told our host, Bill Gilmore, thank you, Bill. Thank you, Ken Crowes. Good seeing you. Young Benjamin going to UNC... Excuse me, UNC Greensboro. Can I edit that out? of I don't have a call for a burp button. I apologize. I'd edit it out, but it just takes too much time. You'll live. It's a burp. Excuse me. Uh, Ken Crow's son, young Benjamin, is now on scholarship. UNC Greensboro, Division I golfer. He's a stud. We've been seeing him because Ken was our host originally at the National. He had listened to my National show and said, don't you boys come on down here to the national? He didn't say it like that, but he does have a good North Carolina accent. And I'm like, yeah, sure, sounds good. And so Ken then handed off to us to Bill Gilmore, who has been working with Pine Needles Mid Pines. He's almost retired because he, you know, he wants to enjoy his retirement. And they said, hold on a second. And uh, I said to Bill, I go, yeah, same same weekend, the Honey Hole weekend in between Mother's Day weekend and uh labor day weekend no not liberty day. mother's day and memorial day weekend right here in the middle of may normally our weather is great we did we just got bone we were due for one of these years weather-wise but we finally got it in and congrats to ed Stremlo, my buddy from wisconsin 56 year old cfo who you look at him and you go this guy this guy's good at golf really but oh yeah doesn't hit it long but hits it straight and he can get up and down from anywhere Got up and down on me at uh, Pine Needles in a match where I'm like, you did not just chip that ball 30 yards onto the green, off a knob to four feet. Oh, yes, I did. So Ed was the winner of the Calcutta on Sunday, which is the definitive championship, so to speak, quote-unquote, the hold the trophy up championship of the Malcolm. And Scott Shirey was the winner of the so-called fish flight, of the championship, <laughs> which is great because we finally split we split the flights. We split the 20 guys into two groups because some guys play golf on a semi-regular basis and so they know how to shoot a score and grind for pars and bogeys. Other guys go, I'm about a 17 or I'm about a 16 handicap. And we all know that those guys, once there's an actual tournament and we're counting scores, they're not going to post a score that's going to, even with a handicap, be in the running. So we made two flights. We made the championship flight, which Ed won, and then the fish flight, as McGowan called it, in which Scott Shirey won. Despite all odds against it, he was super nice guy, but considered to be one of the worst golfers we have. And it's weird because he'll hit some good shots. Tall, lanky fella, uh, always well-dressed, the latest in equipment, super nice guy, but hits some really <laughs> crooked shots bad short game all the hallmarks of not very good golfing when I did the auction for the Calcutta I started him off at one dollar which is quite an insult because most guys I started out at 40 bucks okay who wants a piece of so-and-so 40 bucks do I hear 45 do I hear 50 do I hear 60 and the top guys went for close to two hundred dollars well Shiree, I started a dollar and me and one other guy got into a fake bidding war at a dollar 19 20 21 22 I'm like $22.50, and then somebody else bought Shiree for $22.50, and for whatever reason, I said, too rich for my blood. Well, that guy ended up winning $300 off of a $22.50 buy-in because Scotty Shiree, who a year ago, I remember this distinctly, a year ago he's playing with me on Sunday. he had never really played in a tournament before, and he chips it up to about two feet on number one for par and proceeds to three putt. From two feet. Might have even been a four-putt. I can't remember. He just completely fell apart. And that's a case of you don't play tournament golf. Well, this year, he comes to 18, and he's off the green, and he hits the most gorgeous, subtle, deft-touched, hybrid chip shot. A runner from about 35 feet off the green snuggles it up to three feet, drains the putt, ends up winning the fish flight. He couldn't be happier. I'm now going to ship him the Malcolm Trophy so he can have it for a year. Put it on his mantle. It's going to cost him like 40 bucks. He doesn't care. He's so over the moon at that. That's why I love golf. And I love golf because it brought together 20 guys who ranged in age from a 56-year-old, or actually a 63-year-old uh, computer designer uh, and a 56-year-old CFO down to a 26-year-old golf instructor. All hanging out together, drinking, having a great time. No other sport can do this. Nothing. Golf is a sport for a lifetime. It is a sport for friendships. It is a sport that will change your life in a positive way. And yeah, I know it takes time, and I know it's not free, but it's not any more expensive than a lot of other hobbies. And it's frustrating as shit. But guess what? They have a cart with nothing but beer and snacks on it, and it is usually driven around by a pretty girl or a pretty young lady. You can talk to her. You cannot touch her. And don't try to pick her up because, trust me, every guy in the world has done that. Okay. And time? Oh shit! That was twelve minutes. I said it would be short and not painful. Was it painful? Because I know that that golf trip recap was not short, but was it? It was painful. Okay. Well, then I'll shut up and I'll bring on our friend Drew Olson. This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay.
1: Good day. welcome to our single... Tell me a story from the weekend, Drew. Um, I, I try to get my lawn cut. You're doing that dance around the rain, and then you get the hay field we talked about. It's purgatory. It's first world problems, I know, but fuck.
0: Well, even rednecks who are not first world. Well, I guess we're all first world here in America, right? But even rednecks with uh, a very humble property and a lawn that has to be mowed, he too is at the whim of the weather and at the whim of the rain gods. Okay, so how wet can it be for you to cut it? Like, how wet? Uh, there's no law. You get a better cut when it's dry. That goes without saying, because the wetness clumps up the grass. The blades don't slice the grass as crisply Yeah. Uh, when it's wet. There's a little bit of slippage there. In fact, I just went out this morning, and I knocked out half of my property, because it's got to be knocked back from probably like 10 inches down to four, and it's a very sloppy property first cut i'm gonna loop back in two days and give it a proper cut and then it'll be looking nice oh, see you're on top of it yeah well i'm sort of on top of it how about you so you you haven't cut your lawn yet
1: no i did it yesterday. i did half of it yesterday because i was i had an
0: engagement i was actually with bubba watson yesterday uh more on that in a second. Drew Olson joining us here on the Zabecast. Rolling Start. I love the rolling starts. How you doing, Big Drew? <laughs> I'm doing great, Zabe. Doing good. So before we get to Bubba Watson and the Rockets and the Warriors and My Capitals and a bunch of other stuff, uh before we get to all that, as far as cutting your grass, you use a push mower? I do, yeah. My um Do you bag my... it? No. i mulch. so you mulch it. Now, yeah. mulching when it's wet and long Gets to be almost impossible.
1: Yeah, you get a hayfield, you
0: get the, you, you get the, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. So what kind of mower do you have? I have a uh, Toro. Oh, good. Self-propelled. Toro's uh, some of the best mowers out my, there.
1: My riding mower took a shit like two years ago, and I think I'm only going to be in this house another year, so I just didn't want to pony up two grand to get a new one.
0: All right, so what do you have, the Toro Recycler 22-inch? Base, yes. You do? It's, it's industry standard. It's the best, isn't it? I, I don't know. I just didn't know if you're one of the guys that knew exactly the model that you have. Oh, no. That's, this is my second one. I'm quite happy with it. Okay. Uh, 299 it looks like 289 Yeah, somewhere in there. At your local big box store. Yeah, good old Toros, man. Toros and Hondas uh, are the, the best, although I think they all use Briggs & Stratton engines. They do, and
1: Briggs and & Stratton is a Milwaukee company, so I'm supporting the local economy.
0: Are they really? Vicariously. Yeah? Good. Yeah, I guess that... But
1: here's the thing, Zabe. Like, this, this mower that I have, I'm happy with it, but the last one I had, I think
0: it lasted Five years. It should last longer than that. It what should. happened to it? Did you change the oil? Not change I did. the oil religiously. Changed Spark the oil plug the filter
1: all the time. <laughs> Spark plug. I did everything I could, and but the die? shelf life on it is not as good as it. Did used you leave to be. it out in the rain? No, no. Just what happened to it? It just wasn't as efficient. Uh, start. Well, actually, well, there the one did problem it start? I had, yes, I uh, yeah, but yeah, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to get to the I, diagnosis, doctor, yeah. and you're not giving me any help here.
1: Yeah, I just, I think it's planned obsolescence myself. So, I think everything, how, like a gas grill. They used to last forever. They don't anymore.
0: All right, so your mower started. Yeah. But it didn't give you the cut that you wanted.
1: No, and it was the uh, self-propelled mechanism wasn't working as as proper. Was it working at all? No, by the end it wasn't. I was pushing without self propulsion. <laughs> okay. So the idea of so having the, the self propelled was defeated, and that's what cr- crippled it. So, so the so in, to get that fix for two hundred and ninety nine dollars, you get a new one.
0: Well, that's true. There, you're right. Any fix would have been hundred dollars minimum. Yes. And now you're halfway to a new mower. It makes no and sense. That's
1: where. So that's good and bad of the kind of the planned obsolescence. You're buying a new mower, but okay. It, like anything over a hundred bucks on a three hundred dollar mower is a ridiculous repair expense. Okay,
0: so do you plan on buying three mowers over fifteen years to the tune of a thousand dollars? I five do, year, five year, five I, year. I, or I do Or would not. you want to spend a thousand on a high end Honda mower and then keep it for twenty? I do. Well, I'm. I I don't know how much
1: longer I'm going to be at the stately Olson Manor with uh, three quarters of an acre. So I don't. So but, you, you don't want to be so in it for the long term. I'm not in it for the long term, no.
0: By the way, you get a Honda, uh, you get a Honda HRX 217V for only I, $599. That's twice as much, but that is a more robust mower.
1: I had a Honda, um, before I started buying the recyclers, I had a Honda that lasted me 10 to 15 years. Okay. So, yeah, I can, I can vouch.
0: All right. Well, you are the equivalent to me on the grill front because I bought a Brinkman grill, famously, three years ago. I think it was three years ago, and I said, I'm not putting a cover on this grill, because I found that grill covers, A, tear, B, fade, C, rip, wait, that's same as tearing, and they also are great homes for all kinds of bugs. Yep, rodents, bugs, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I said, I think their protection level for grills is dubious at best. Agreed. So I said, "Screw it! That Brinkman's going to stand out there like the soldier at the tomb of the unknown soldier, uh, the guard, you know, just through rain and sleet and snow. <laughs> and when the Brinkman gives way, I'm going to load it up on the back of my truck and I'm going to take it to the dump and I'm going to push it off the back of my truck and say goodbye like a dead body. The yep. mob throws into the river, and I'm going to go buy another so, one because this Brinkman grill was only like one ninety nine.
1: Yeah, I got a Charbroil similar, but probably two fifty maybe." decent unit but i see them as disposable after four or five years too and i do have a cover and i don't really know why but i live in a (laughs) snowier climate than you do
0: so what let it snow on the grill what's the snow gonna do let it
1: rain on it it's stainless steel let it rain on it who gives a shit because i don't really care how it looks i care how it cooks but that's the same thing if you're jacking around and i got to replace the ignition button and i got to replace the burners every year or something or the grates like then get a new grill there you go. I mean, a lot of guys keep the guts of their grill, and they're proud of
0: that, but screw that. Oh, there there are grill snobs that brag about replacing the burners and brag about how long their particular grill has lasted. Charbroils yeah. are pretty good. I would say Weber's are the industry standard, and people would brag to me all the time going, I've had my Weber for 25 years, and it's in great shape, and I haven't done much work. I've only had to replace <laughs> the burners four times, and I'm like... Who wants to do that? Yeah, exactly. It's like bragging. I kept the steel casing of a thing that cooks my meat for twenty five years, but replaced everything else inside of it: the spark ignition, the burners, the grates themselves. Well, what have you really? La- what has really lasted then for twenty five years? A steel clamshell. Congratulations! Exactly. Congratulations! Way to I'm, go. I'm with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But people, them men, like their grills though. People, things are more disposable now than they yeah. used to be. And by the way, people don't tell me to go get a big green egg. I'm uh, aware or, of the. I'm aware of the yeah. big green egg. I understand they're wonderful. I'm I'm so impatient though with grilling, Drew. I ain't got time to start up a big green egg. The big green egg is a thousand dollar Instapot Pot for your backyard.
1: <laughs> That's what it
0: is what's an instapot
1: instapot is the kitchen appliance that everybody says you got to have because you can make shit really fast and it's awesome and people it's got all its devotees just google it and you'll see what oh, i'm okay. talking it's the one pot meals you see on the cooking videos you see on facebook and stuff like you'll you'll see it once you see google it you'll know what i'm talking about but that's a thousand dollars what about the traeger snobs though with the, oh the there's traeger pellets?
0: snobs yes a big green egg takes between 50 to 40 minutes to heat up oh, screw that I'm, to- I'm
1: done eating a steak and I'm washing the dishes. After hey, that. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. No.
1: And yeah. it's a great idea in theory, but that's another product that, yeah, I don't need. Yeah, that's uh, too opulent. And you're right. Uh, my, my grilling tends to be, I'm hungry. I'm going out, fire it up. I want it to be hot. That's why I'm not a charcoal
0: guy. Me neither.
1: Propane is so much better than charcoal to me, it's not even close.
0: As uh, Hank Hill said, propane and propane accessories. And don't tell me that you can taste a difference with the charcoal, because you can't. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, that's the other thing that Hank Hill said in uh, King of the Hill. Taste the heat, not the... Or no. Taste the meat, not the heat, was the phrase. Yeah, but the charcoal snobs are charcoal snobs. And my, my former co-worker, co-host Andy Polin, would brag about his charcoal grill, and we would go back and forth on it, and he would talk about the taste and everything. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I bet you have a good time with those briquettes piling them up and with the newspapers in there trying to get them started. Oh, it's windy, though. It's not starting very well. And then the whole family going, is the grill hot yet? <laughs> But he bragged Uh, about it, so there you go. All
1: right. Oh, boy. Yard talk, grill and talk. It's getting to be Memorial Day, isn't it?
0: It sure is. And how's the weather up there? I hear 51 and rain the other day. Yay, springtime in Wisconsin. Yeah,
1: we had had a couple of teases, but it's back to being kind
0: of miserable. British Open type weather right now, but we'll suffer through it. Uh, Bob, well, you'll still complain. Some will still complain. Bob Madden, before we went on this morning on Bob and Brian, said, Worst spring ever. And I said... By what metric? And he said, it just has been. And I said, but you've had a lot of these things. This was what basically chased me from the upper Midwest, the lack of a spring. I didn't mind the brutality of the winter. I just wanted to be let off the mat come April and May. And the answer is, no, you're not. You're not. April and May are the cruelest months here. So is it the worst spring ever up there by any objective measure? He's crazy. Right. Recency bias. What's your what's your what's your record for most consecutive days with rain?
1: Oh man, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, we had we had flooding. We had the
0: hundred year flood like twice in three years. We had fifteen days ago. in a row last year. Oh, hello, Seattle. And that right, and that is a new D.C. area record for measurable rain uh, consecutive days. I,
1: I think what got Bob is that we got the April snowstorm this year. <laughs> and it dumped, you know, four or five inches just
0: after we after it had been 75 degrees, we got dumped. Nobody likes the April snowstorm. No, no. So, anyway. Okay, let's get to the sports, shall we? Uh, yes. The, uh, the Capitals tonight, Drew, they have got to win this game. They have got to win this game to at least force a game seven because to, have lo- to lose four straight – after winning the first two of their best-of-seven Eastern Conference Finals to the Tampa Bay Lightning, would be a humiliation and a ball kick. Like, we won't recover from it if it happens. I'm just here to tell you, our fan base will not recover.
1: One of the mottos of my show, Steve, is that 90% of being a sports fan, and this is clocked, is getting kicked in the nuts. That's right. And um, the ten percent is your two zero lead that you were savoring, and it was so delicious. It was so good. That's the ten percent. The rest is getting kicked. I hope you guys do force the game seven because game seven will be awesome, and anything can happen. And it's as a, a jaded, uh, neutered eunuch of a sports observer, I cheer for the story. And the best story is for this to go seven. And then what? And just have the game seven. Well, whatever happens then, no, like the home you... team usually wins game seven, but it's probably. No, it's a better story if the Capitals come back. Thank you. Yeah, it is. I would say it's better to, to have almost puked it away and then come back. And then rally and then get And the off fact the that deck. you won two games there shows that that building is not a, a fortress, it's not impenetrable.
0: No, our team plays better on the road for whatever reason. And I think That's it's because also... Ovechkin eats that fucking pasta dish. <laughs> he does chicken parm. <laughs> chicken parm is it, uh, is it chicken parm he mama eats lucia all the time? mama lucia's yes 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 i think yes. chicken parm from mama lucia's well can you go wrong with chicken parm well i and i don't think so are you a chicken parm fan like i am i am a chicken parm fan yeah, yeah. yeah you before it was ruined
1: it. by peyton manning it was so
0: <laughs> chicken parm you taste so good <laughs> yes so when the when the caps were up to nothing there was unreal giddiness and presumptiveness amongst the fan base and those in the media, and yes, I'm including myself, that this thing was essentially over. I never said it was over. I just said I'm enjoying the ride, and I feel like this is going to end well. That doesn't mean I said it's over. I understood it could turn like this, and it has. Do you believe in karma? Do you believe in the karmic sports gods punishing those who get too cocky? No, I'm not that superstitious. Not even a little stitious, as even, they say. Right. Even, but, though, even though you've covered baseball where baseball players are crazily superstitious.
1: Yeah, a lot of athletes are. I, I find it's like, Well, yeah,
0: I, I find it's right. A lot it of silly. athletes, not just baseball. A lot of yeah, athletes. a lot of athletes are.
1: Um, it, it's some, some people find comfort in it. I tend to look at the analytics and you know, the math. In fact, I would direct you to one of my favorite
0: sites, whowins.com who wins.com I'm going to go there right now who
1: wins.com it's going to blow your mind and it's going to you'll be using it a lot for everything
0: it and is a what's historical all about?
1: database oh, of best of 7s playoffs best of 7s it's every playoff series and if you go down to your series in the NHL um, yeah and you click uh, Washington Tampa Bay It tells you historical win probabilities for teams leading three games to two, and it breaks it down by sport, by all sports with best of seven, by your sport, by the sport you're looking at, and it's fantastic. And it gives you what the historical victory probabilities are, leading three games to two, home-home, victory-victory, and then it's historical based on the outcome, loss-loss, win-win-win. So going True. into tonight,
0: thank you for introducing Dude, me to this is who one of wins. my favorite com. sites of all
1: time. I get no rake from this, and it's a bare bones site, but it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, there's the no pop up ads, there's no autoplay no. videos. So uh, <laughs> whoever whoever created this is not making any money whatsoever.
1: Semi final round, all rounds, uh, NHL only, all rounds. So the game six record of the team leading in the in the lightning circumstance is twenty three and eighteen. Semi final round, four and four. So these are applicable. The 1,376 best of seven NHL, NBA, and MLB series played through the 2018 quarterfinals. This It's fantastic.
0: Right. Here's what we're looking at. Historical victory probabilities leading three games to two. Ignoring win order. Ignoring site order. The team leading three games to two, irrespective of site order, has the following best of seven playoff series and game records through the 2018 NHL. And NBA quarterfinal rounds. Ready? Yep. Best of all, all best of seven rounds. Or excuse me, all best of seven sports all rounds, eight oh one. So that's combining apples and oranges, NBA and NHL. Yep. NHL only, all rounds, teams that are 3 2 win 791 or or 79% yes. of the time. Semifinals only, which is what we are in right now. Right? No, we're in the conference finals, but that would be the semifinals of the whole yeah, tournament. The whole thing is even better. It's eighty-one percent. But if you do a uh, all best to seven sports, um, see this is easy to get in the weeds on this as you look at all this stuff. I'm starting to get lightheaded. Yeah, it's a lot of math, but it's fantastic. And then they do. Uh, then you can do uh, three games to two, going home, home, visitor, visitor, home. You can do a uh, leading three-two. Lost, loss, win, win, win. You can do leading loss, loss, win, win, win at home, home, visitor, visitor. <laughs> yeah, but then they get down to the so notes. Confusing. It's a little bit
1: easier to digest when you get to the notes. Oh, okay. So when leading a best of seven playoff series, three games to two, the Lightning are four and one in series and have a game six record of two and three. When trailing three to two, the Capitals have a series record of two and 12 with an active four game losing streak and a game six record of seven and seven.
0: Jesus Christ. That's not possible, is it? It's possible. Oh, it be. This site is impeccable, man. When trailing a best of seven, three to two, the Capitals have a series record of two and (laughs) twelve.
1: Well, that makes sense. You're down three to two. You got to win two. No, it doesn't. Got to win one. Does it make sense? Yeah, I mean, shouldn't we be close to five hundred? When you're down three to two in a series, you're very likely to lose.
0: As as shown, it's like eighty percent that you're okay. going to lose. Okay, but I would imagine a team with grit that's down three two would win Game Six fifty percent of the and time, and that's
1: what the Caps have done, despite no. their series record two and twelve. See, that's what you're, you're missing the the point here.
0: Oh, I see series so being of down two three and 12. two series. So in other record words, they've only 12. yes, okay, got it. got but it. But in Game it, Six, seven seven, and seven. And seven. Oh, I see it right there. Yeah. Okay.
1: So that's you know that's where the money is.
0: So yeah, you got a chance tonight. It's a, this is a pick'em game. I talked to some friends who had tickets for tonight's game, and they were like, "Yeah, we're thinking about selling. We just can't can't stomach the thought of going there to see another one of these in person." And my response was, "But you should realize this might be the last great game you see with this team in twenty years. Twenty fucking years." Yeah. I tried to hammer it home like Herb Brooks did. After the USA beat Norway or Finland in the semis of the 1980 Olympics, true at Lake Placid, where they had not yet won the gold medal, they had just beaten the Russians. They beat the Russians. They beat the Russians. Right then, Finland. They're like, Herb Brooks is like, okay, great. We just beat the Russians. It's amazing. The whole country is on tilt. We're now playing for the gold medal when nobody thought we would. But guess what? If you don't beat Finland, you will take it to your grave. And then he paused before walking out of the locker room and said, to your fucking grave. I emphasize this to every Capital fan out there listening. If you have tickets for tonight's game and you choose not to go because you're like, ah, my balls hurt from all these kicks by this hockey team over the years, I'm going to tell you right now, this could be the last stakes game played in our barn for 20 fucking years. Here's why. Next year, they could miss the playoffs. Yes, they could. And the year after that, Alex Ovechkin might they, be traded or retire or who knows or someone else or Obie may play forever, but the rest of the or, team may crumble around Or them. they
1: could fire the coach or GM and watch them go
0: on to go to the Stanley Cup with another team. Well, they could. I'm just painting I'm the just, downside. Well, I'm saying they, they did. <laughs> well, they, I know. I know. I'm just painting the downside, Drew, that that if you like sports and if you like big moments, you have to prepare yourself to endure that because you will someday... We we could be on a 20-year walk in the woods with our hockey Um, team where we're begging for a Game 6 in the Stanley Cup Eastern Conference Finals, even down three games to two, and to think that you might pass it up because, oh boy, I don't want to be sad when I go home tomorrow night. Fuck that. Go to the game if you got tickets. Or give them to me. I'll go to the game. There's,
1: There's no... We've lost our innocence as a sporting public. The 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 impulse the first impulse is that guy who's got to declare that you know your team throws an interception on the first drive of the season. Well, we fucking suck. This the Super Bowl's over. We can't make the playoffs. This is it. This is it. And it, to jump off the bandwagon is a stronger impulse than to get on. And as I said, 90% of being a sports fan is getting kicked in the nuts. It's always been that way. Oh yeah. Always. But people want to protect themselves and it's like they don't want to go all in on teams. Is it but well, the Brewers a couple of years ago, they're even last year, they were they were beating the odds. They were scrappy. They were fun to watch. They were having you know doing crazy shit in the in the dugout after home runs. And people are like, "Is it time to buy in with the Brewers? Is it time to go all in with the Brewers as a fan?" Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why aren't you enjoying this? Yeah. Like, what you're afraid? So if I invest, what? First of all, my emotional capital in pulling for this team, and then they don't win the World Series, I'll be disappointed, and have my hopes dashed on the rocks. Therefore, I'm not going to. Makes no sense. People preventively do this kind of I crap know. now, and it's all the time. This gymnastics, it freaks me out.
0: You know how I have uh, prevent. This is what I've done as a survival technique as a sports fan. I have invested in a steel cup that I yes. put in my pants, and so you can kick me as hard as you want right in the balls. It hurts less and it, less these days because I am what I like to call a die-easy fan. I am dying easier yes. and easier all the time. Now, when, the, when my teams win, which is not very often... I'm hustling in front of that parade like anybody else. Yeah, I'm with it. And you could call me a bad fan if I don't die harder. But I need to protect my nuts. Yes. That's why I have a steel nut cage. See, you that have you that. Cannot hurt. You have that. And people winning makes you soft. <laughs>
1: winning makes fans soft. Packers fans now are completely entitled to the point where when they lost, and admittedly, one of the Steel Cup games of all time, the Brandon Bostic. Seattle NFC Championship game that they Brutal. puked away a chance to go to the Super Bowl at the Brutal. peak of Aaron Rodgers' power. It'll stick with people forever. They'll take it to their fucking graves, right? Oh,
0: fucking grave is right.
1: But in the wake of that, I entertained so many people, and there are people out there who really believe. They say that was so painful. I'd rather go four and twelve and have a good no, draft pick you, than fuck you, fuck You don't even know what
0: 4-12 and 12 feels like. You haven't been 4-12 in forever. That's
1: what I tell people. I lived through 20 years of the Packers being horse shit and a joke in Siberia. Green Bay with Siberia. And I'm like, you don't know what you're saying. Losing, just getting the week and the buildup and the deliciousness, that's what you got to savor. Yeah. The games themselves will play themselves out.
0: You'll win, you'll lose. But the, it's, are you nuts? 4-12. and 12. Last time you went 4-12 and 12 was 2005. Yeah. So you did go four and twelve that year. What God? What happened in 05 that you went four and twelve? Uh, f- well, Favre threw a bunch of picks because they had a shitty team. Okay. <laughs> they had a bunch. They had a shitty. Favre team.
1: went four and twelve that year. Well, yeah. of course
0: he did because he always he played the whole time. Yeah,
1: he played the whole time, and and it was funny because they would lose games. They lost a lot of close games late. And he would throw a pick as a, in desperation, be like, oh, fucking Favre's losing the game again." And I would say, "Are you watching?" He's the yeah. only reason they're not losing by thirty.
0: Prior to that, the last four and twelve year for the Packers was ninety one, and then you had one in and then 88. that was the year
1: that was the Mike Sherman that was what begat Ron Wolf, right? I think that's what happened uh, in ninety one. Inflection point, yeah. Mike Sherman. I mean, I'm yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. No, uh, Mike Sherman not, was not, way Mike later. Mike Sherman was with. no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was uh, Ron Wolf took over as GM then. Right, it, that was
0: the the end of the end of was, an era. Where was Sherman hired a guy. was Sherman fired at four and twelve?
1: Sherman was. It was Ray
0: Rhodes, the author. I think he was Ray the eight Rhodes. And eight. Ray, Ray Rhodes was eight and eight. Yeah. So Sherman, yeah. Sherman begat Rhodes, who begat McCarthy. Yeah. Okay, so that was that was Sherman's last year, four and twelve. Then Ray Rhodes eight and eight, and then McCarthy. Yes. Thirteen and three. Uh, and then choked the conference championship game away at home to the but, Giants, twenty-three twenty on the brutal pick by Favre in overtime. Correct. In about 4 so, degree weather. Anybody who says
1: that, like I'd rather I'd
0: rather be four and twelve than go to the Super Bowl and lose, you're fucking nuts. Yeah, because four and twelve is terrible. Four and twelve, nothing. The games don't matter. Nobody's talking about the team. There's no hope in sight. You're literally just playing out the string for the benefit of the league. And the television networks like we got to put a game on Packers get out there and tackle somebody, yeah. So it's... one of the, one of the guys on my golf trip, I I asked about uh, the Packers because he's from Wisconsin and he's a big Packer fan. I said, "What do you think, Brian?" And he just this was his response. It was interesting. He goes, "Ah oh, man, wasting years." That's all he said. And I go, "Damn, if that's not the best." Two word summary I can think of. He was just still anxious about all the years of Rodgers in his prime that have been flushed. I just don't see it that way. I mean, you don't
1: Favre, Favre won one Super Bowl? You don't he got to two? Right? And do, do
0: you, you either, don't think the Packers have been wasting no, years I, with Rodgers at the helm? I flipped the mindset
1: because all right, it goes to the four and twelve argument because. Yeah, they won, Favre won one Super Bowl and got to another and lost, right? And that fucked up. They would have been a dynasty. It's the great fart and a win quote from right. Ron Wolf, right? Right. So, but you can choose to look at it as like, oh, fuck, what a horrible career. And it was so fun watching him, having him. He won three MVPs. He made every Sunday. You looked forward to it, like Christmas morning, every Sunday. Like, that was a brilliant fucking time. And it's like, why be pissed? They won one Super Bowl and that they should have won three or four. Well, okay,
0: but. So you don't think the Packers have been wasting years under Rodgers?
1: Any, uh, not specifically him. I, I choose and, not to look at it that And it's not that they've way. had
0: bad seasons, by the way. That's the what Packers, I'm saying. The Packers it's, have won a playoff game. Won a playoff game, which is not easy to do, five of the last eight years. But because Rodgers is that transcendent of a talent and because quarterback is that important a position now in the NFL, I think a lot of people, Drew, would disagree with you It and it's, say, it's, oh, no, they have wasted seasons. Okay, so LeBron's wasted the last eight
1: years because he wasted every year he didn't win an it's NBA different. championship. Don't, oh, be mixt- don't be
0: mixing basketball with
1: football, Drew. <laughs> it's Come different. on now, it is different. It isn't, though. It's, you don't it's, think it's, it's different? I've, I've enjoyed watching Rodgers. It's been great. It's like, would they? Would it have been great had they won? Yes, but okay, like uh, I said. Drew
0: Olson. everybody, just enjoys the regular season. Email I, him I at default Drew Olsen. It's getting kicked in the nuts, 90%. What do you fuck? Because, okay. You don't think these last several years have been nut kickers? Right, but, but, the Cardinal I, playoff loss for the Pennsylvania? 26 twenty six twenty in overtime? What the what Falcon game where they right. turned you inside out after the miracle at Dallas? Of course it did. Two but years I also, ago,
1: I also got to see uh, Rodgers carve up Atlanta on the way to a Super Bowl championship with a team that was ragtag. And so that's good enough. The then Andrews. that's good. So you're
0: still eating off of that.
1: Well, to an extent, yeah, to an extent. Wow. Okay, but well, let's look at the Patriots. Right, well, you man. know what? How I, what's the psychology of Patriots fans? When is when is it winning enough? Because they went 10 never. years between titles, right? And it, well, they're never well, happy. Their
0: mindset but, is, every year we want to win the Super Bowl. And that's and what it should
1: be, and that's what it is in Green Bay. So every year, 90% of the time, you're fucking disappointed.
0: Okay. Some people don't feel with that... Packers fans, it is. Some, some people but, don't feel that the Packers organization has the same maniacal focus and drive as the Patriots, which they should okay, and but, could with an equal, if not better, quarterback because... Why are you keeping this coach around after all these failures? And the Patriots went 10 years between Super Bowls. They didn't change anything. They didn't, right? I mean. What do you mean? 10 years be- between, between winning, winning, winning Super Bowls. Well, but they were going to them. But they didn't win. That's, that's you know. You've been to two.
1: Yes. Not not seven. But the Patriots are freaks, and They've been dis- they didn't
0: win. Right. They've, they're freaks. A lot of Packer fans think the Packers should be closer to freaks.
1: I'm just saying, pa- Patriots fans, they're happy when they win. They're pissed off when
0: they lose. That's what fans do. All right, what's a good season for the Packers coming up? Let me just put a bow on this. A good season 12-4. and four. And then what? Oh, I mean, you play till you let the chips fall. You're trying to get to the Super Bowl, so you're a chips fall guy. Even in the NFL, and four, well, you know, I'm not a chips fall guy. I'm a, a, I'm a chips okay. fall guy in the NHL, Here, and I'm a chips fall thing. guy in the in baseball.
1: I don't see if you can get to the conference championship game and lose. I don't see how you can say the season's a
0: failure. What if you lose in horrific fashion, like the Seahawks game, like the Seahawks game that was that's an epic? Well, was. okay,
1: is that better than? Would you rather get beat seventy-two to ten? <laughs>
0: Does that make it better? I mean, a loss is a so, loss. To so, so was that year a success? That's a, to me, it's a success. So, so 2014 was a success when the Packers lost to the Seahawks. It just wasn't enough of overtime. a success. Wow. Yeah, I I, mean, can't, I can't even think that way. How could that be? How could that season be a success?
1: You, what are you talking about? They had you spurt jizz
0: loads when your team gets a wild card. <laughs> don't bring pre- you bring up all these <laughs> extra things drew you're like what about the Cavaliers well the Patriots 20 years ago focus on this and now yes how can the 2014 Packer season be quote a success when they had a ticket stamped and punched to the Super Bowl and threw it away that's a failure it's, according to most people it's all on the your season was a failure
1: that's all in your because I want that chance I want that ticket I want to hold that ticket yeah. for that you know you just made the case wait a minute Hold it. Don't be fucking playing that teletype machine. We're moving on. Why are you telling people to go to the Capitals game tonight when they can get kicked in the nuts?
0: Because it'll be the best game that they could possibly see maybe in 20 years. Which but is... I can tell you this, Drew, Again, Drew. going to the
1: championship game, is you, any Drew. game, one game's a crapshoot, small sample, you roll the dice.
0: i tell you this much. I and a lot of others here ain't going to call this year a success for the Capitals. No how. Well,
1: no, because, I mean, you're looking at the regular were, season record and look at your string.
0: Because we had a ticket punched to the Stanley Cup Finals and we threw it away. Yeah. If they And lose. that's
1: more egregious than losing in one game that you had a lead late.
0: Yeah, it's more egregious. It's less egregious. It's different egregious. It's still egregious. Our, our expected win probability was up there above 80% and they couldn't get it done, if they don't get it done. Now, can I? Yeah, uh, go ahead. Which brings us to the Houston Rockets, who I guess in your world, Drew, should hang a regular season championship banner because they did win the most games this year, but now that they're playing a really good opponent in Golden State, guess what? Nowhere close to being Golden State's level.
1: And we knew that, and the, the president's trophy, if you will, is fool's gold.
0: So what do you make of the Rockets right now? Assuming they don't win this series, what's the net-net? What is on the you tombstone know, of this year's Houston Rockets team?
1: Tip, it's Pedro Martinez. Tip your cap and call the Warriors your daddy. <laughs> okay. What the fuck else are you going to do? I mean, this is a historically
0: great team you're up against. Okay. Do you make a push to get LeBron? Uh, everybody should. Why wouldn't you? Of course. Okay. Well, I mean, but... at some point, Houston would be comically overloaded. Although they still That's need somebody That's what
1: people said else. about the the Warriors getting Durant.
0: I guess you're right. So fuck it. You can't. So they, yes, need, to make, they need to make that push then.
1: Well, this way isn't going to work because Golden State, if they keep this shit intact, they ain't going to go anywhere for a while. So you might as well what if go private, nuclear.
0: What if privately they go to make a push for Durant? or Excuse me. They go to make a push for LeBron and privately James Harden goes into Daryl Morey's office, their GM, and says, I want this, man. I got to get my shots. I got to get my looks. No disrespect to the king, who's the best in the game. I don't want him here. What do you do then? Uh, start calling people and say James
1: Harden available for trade. <laughs> <laughs> would what you trade James?
0: Him? Would you trade James Harden for He's a been 30, Before I know, but would you trade James Harden, who might be the MVP, for a thirty-five-year-old LeBron James? Yes. Yes, every who day
1: may not really love Houston twice on Sunday. He'll love it. No taxes and no state taxes in Texas. Do you like Houston? Um, I yeah, sort of. You. I'm I'm
0: lukewarm. Listen, I have hey. several really good good nice friends. People oh, as a city, I, I have, mean, I love I, I, I love the people I know from Houston. I yeah. shake my head in wonderment as to how they can live down there. It is so big. It is so it's massive. So the highways have secondary highways just lock. to get on the big highway. It's like, what's that road over there that's four lanes each way? Oh, that's the feeder road for this six lane each way super highway. Exactly. And it gets hot. I've never been there in the summer. Oh, I have. And oh, oh, it's, oh, it's not humid it, as all get humid out. Humid as all
1: get out. Swampy. Oh. You're freshly showered. You walk out of your house to walk to your car, and you feel like you've been in a pool. Guess what? You're no longer
0: freshly showered. Nope. It's almost like why
1: bother, right? Nope. But so, all right, here's the thing about the NBA. What's with these every game, a 40-point fucking game in the conference finals? Is that, I know. Can I be entertained by that? That was like watching an All-Star game.
0: Well, and before anyone shakes their fist and says, Get off my lawn, you kids, don't forget the Lakers and the Memorial Day massacre of the Boston Celtics, where they won yeah, in Boston but, Garden by like thirty some odd points themselves. So these blowouts but, have happened before, but eight of the eleven frequency. Eight of the last eleven playoff games in the NBA have been snoozers. Yeah. And six in a row now have sucked.
1: Do you think okay, so Golden State lays down in Houston? Do you think it's like tanking a set in tennis? Like we're just going to conserve and save our bullets and this isn't
0: going to go our way? Possibly. Strategic tanking in a game? I think there is a lot of give up to be sure. I mean, but,
1: oh man, it's not a good product. Okay. It's not. And I worry about the NBA. Nobody ever bitches about it like they did in baseball, which is silly. Baseball, the one sport without a salary cap, has the best competitive balance.
0: Funny how that is, but there is luxury tax and sharing. There is, but come on, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of but, teams are, but, are shed payroll. The Yankees shed a lot of payroll to get a basketball the
1: tax. was one of the first with a cap, weren't they? And look at you know, look at the dominance. True, look at the you know, but it, you know we, that's, could have, we could have talked in October and predicted what was going to happen with
0: the conference finals. Agreed, but you know that's a product of that's a product of the fewest number of players on a team for any of the major sports. True, they play with five apiece, one less than hockey. And a whole lot less than football and less than baseball oh. with nine. So you need less guys. And one guy who's really, really good makes ten times more the difference in a game like basketball where he can touch the ball and try to score 50 times in the game. Yeah. Okay. All right. We ready for your favorite segment of the week now? I hope oh, so. Oh, man.
1: I had one more thing to get to.
0: Oh, you oh, did? Wow. Okay, stop the music. Stop well, the music. Stop well, have you looked at the time, Drew? We are we are going oh, yeah. long. We're going deep. We're having a good time.
1: Well, we spent a lot of time talking about yards and drills. <laughs>
0: we did not spend a lot of time about it. We spent a little bit of time about it. Okay. okay. Check the tape.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, just the sheer, I want to tip the cap, the sheer brilliance of what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing. And what are they doing? Did you see what they did over the weekend starting Sergio Romo? No. Back-to-back games, letting him pitch an inning and then
0: bringing in the starter? Sergio Romo is a closer with goggles, they right? Had, yeah. <laughs> that guy? Uh, yeah. Sergio Bay, Romo start.
1: Kevin Cash. That's, this has been a thing. Um, they're, you know.
0: Wow. They're getting weird. This bullpen experiment is getting weird, and it's awesome. Right. He becomes fifth pitcher in the last 40 years to start on consecutive days. That's right. And the first since 2012. So he threw one inning each, not each game he, and then left?
1: He threw um, – this was on – I don't even remember the day now. But it was the second – he struck out the side in the first inning. Okay. And then um, the idea is – the idea of this is brilliant. It's ahead of its time, and it's where baseball is headed. Now, people will say, oh, the Reds did this years ago. They did, but they didn't, like, stick with it, and it wasn't any. Doug Melvin, the former Brewers GM and he was with the um, Rangers before that, the guy who signed Arod. That'll be on his epitaph. Yep. Told me this years ago. He said, if anybody had any balls, what you would do in baseball now is start the game out of the bullpen. And why do you do that? Because if you, because starting pitchers can't pitch complete games anymore. Correct. If you've got Clayton Kershaw, you got him till the seventh in the playoffs and then he's taking a powder and then you're, you're, the games are won and lost with the bullpen. You reverse engineer it. The low leverage, if if you bring in a guy, your middle, your sixth, seventh inning guy to start the game and he gives up a run, you've got nine innings to get back. If he got gives it. up a run in the eighth, you're fucked.
0: So it's less pressure on the so, relievers.
1: Well the idea is, yeah, it's lower leverage innings. Let them eat up those outs. And it's the idea with this is that Sergio Romo faced one, two, three against the Los Angeles Angels, and then your starter only has he's getting through the lineup for the third time. It's like a pre save exactly and but what's happening and this is absolutely brilliant because if Clayton Kershaw's your best pitcher you want him pitching in the highest leverage innings which is the seventh eighth
0: and ninth right. the only way to make that happen bring him in in the third there you go so what what was the what was the resistance to this uh along? just well it's tradition it's, people are calling it a mockery
1: tradition it's this is the way it's smart I talked to I talked about this with Doug Melvin how 15 long years ago
0: so why 15 years because baseball moves at glacier speed. I guess so. You got but, this. You got this now. You have extreme shifts now. Exactly. Where I've but, seen screen caps of some of the most absurd so, shifts I've ever seen. Guys
1: who can go now guys who can go 2 3 innings, you know, uh, like twice a week are almost as valuable as starters. You see saw it in the uh, off-season free agent market. Okay. But this is this is revolutionary because Stay tuned for more, right? Let Clayton Kershaw come in to start the 3rd or 4th inning, then he could pitch the rest of the game. You don't need a closer. You've got Kershaw.
0: Okay. With that, our favorite segment yeah. of the week. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Okay, here we go. Who is your fuck that guy for the week? Alright, I was gonna go with hockey.
1: I had two of them chambered up. But since we just talked about baseball You can still do that. I'll go
0: with I'm gonna go with Rich Eisen. Whoa Alright, you tell me why Rich Eisen gets your fuck because that guy for the week.
1: Rich Eisen's been jumping on his soapbox saying it's time to outlaw the shift in baseball.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been
1: on this jihad, to which I say, screw that. Let them <laughs> shift all they want. Just fucking teach guys to bunt the other way or slap it the other way, and let's go around it, and then they'll stop shifting.
0: But in other sports, they make rules like no zone defense.
1: Oh, did you see the new kickoff alignments?
0: <laughs> I have, When did that come out? I was on the golf course. Oh, late
1: last week, you were on the golf course. Uh, the NFL has – they haven't approved it yet, but there's going to be parameters for – how many guys you have to, on each side of the ball, you know, where you can stand. It's, it's a, it's particular. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. But no, Rich Eisen, like what's the, yes, the shift is okay, but the game will adapt and evolve. Let it adapt and evolve. It always has. Okay. Okay. All right, you, you, maybe you are not you don't like this. That's not sexy enough for you. Okay, No, fuck, no, that's okay. No. My, my other fuck that guy is fuck anybody who says that the, the Las Vegas Golden Knights making it to the Stanley Cup Final in their first year is an affront to all things holy about sports. Fuck that guy. It's awesome. <laughs>
0: okay. And just
1: because your team sucks and all those teams in Canada can't fucking win and make it to the Cup, too bad. <laughs> you're badly managed. You're badly run. You have all the capital. You have all the fan base, and you still can't get there. Fuck
0: you. Fuck okay. that guy. Uh, that's a good one there. All right, I got two since you had two. First, fuck that guy, of course, Roger Stoko Goodell for not suspending Eli Manning for defrauding people on his memorabilia. They said it was not a personal <laughs> conduct violation. No, fuck that. Suspend the guy for four games. Send a message. This will not be tolerated. But the biggest fuck that guy goes to one, Scott Frost, now head coach in Nebraska, who's still running his mouth about the supposed UCF National Championship Bro, you didn't win it. You'll never win it. Shut up. Alabama's the champs. Scott Frost, fuck that guy. Love it. All
1: right,
0: Drew, you can be reached at Drew Olson, MKE, on Twitter. Yes. And of course, listen to Drew's show via the iHeart app on the Big 920 by downloading. And that would just be
1: spectacular. Yeah, it's free. And it's fabulous. Yes. All
0: right. All right, Drew. Always good to agree to disagree with you. Thank awesome. you, my friend. We will see you next week. We'll end with this today. Sony, one of my favorite companies, is apparently getting out of the hardware biz. No, not possible. The new CEO of Sony is expected to unveil a three-year plan tomorrow morning to shift away from gadgets as the company, the iconic engineering company, starts to rely more on gaming subscriptions and entertainment and content. Boo! 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 No! 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 It doesn't mean that Sony is never going to make a new gadget or a doodad or a camera or a thingy that I'll want to buy. And I don't think it means they're going to stop making cameras because I don't know if cameras are considered gadgets per se. It's just they're going to start focusing, at least from the story that I read, on where the money is and where the margins are better. Subscriptions and content and the like. I understand what they're doing. And I'm not necessarily even blaming them. We're kind of at the point where every gadget that there has been made, every gadget that you need, we have. And guess what? Every gadget you need, it's all on your phone. I'm not sure what else they could put into a phone, gadget-wise, that people would want. But when you really stop to think about how great your phone is, then you realize, what else, what other gadgets do you need? Hell, even in terms of cameras, I'll be honest, a lot of the little videos and, and clips and pictures I took out there on the golf course this past weekend were with my iPhone 8, and there was so many conveniences to doing it with my iPhone 8 than a full-blown Sony camera, of which I have more than one, as you know. Still though, for Sony, one of my favorite brands of all time, one of my favorite companies of all time, to say this, it kind of breaks your heart just a bit. And it makes you wonder, well, at what point are there so many content providers, so many companies focused on subscriptions and entertainment, that it no longer becomes sensible to go chasing those dollars because we're, we're drowned. There is a biblical flood of content. Uh, yeah, yeah, Zabe, like uh, your Zabe cast now. Yeah, 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 I get it. I'm throwing my 45 minutes a day, Monday through Friday, blink, onto that pile, onto that mountain. I am pissing into an ocean of content. It's just that my piss is the best piss. So I get that point of it, but still, damn you, Sony, damn you to hell. I buy all this shit of yours. I get a Sony credit card that gives me points for gadgets, and now you do this. Why, as Stevie, uh, was it Stevie Johnson? I think it was Stevie Johnson, wide receiver Buffalo Bills, after dropping a would-be game-winning touchdown pass about six years ago, said on Twitter, why, God, why do you do me like that? (laughs) Why, Sony, why are you doing me like this, man? Come on. Just keep making cameras, Sony. That's all I ask. All right? You still need to come out with the A6700 APS-C size sensor upgrade because we're all sitting here waiting on the... We're sitting here as either A6300 owners or A6500 owners, and we're like, just make the sixty seven with a flip-out screen that turns around, for God's sakes, and be done with it. And we'll buy it. I'll buy it. Maybe that's coming out soon. Who knows? Otherwise, heck, Sony, in terms of... Its hardware, they're not making a ton of great stuff. PlayStation 4 sales and PlayStation 4's life cycle, they say, is basically at an end point. Sony used to make mobile phones, a special Sony phone, smartphone, that went nowhere. Sony entirely missed out on the digital music phenomenon and that wave. Uh, Apple jumped in and started mowing their lawn and drinking their milkshake. Trying to think what else Sony, you know, Sony televisions of which I have one or two very good TVs, but guess what? The panels themselves are made in South Korea. They're just adding the hardware to it. They're just adding sort of the operating system, I guess, the buttons and the menus and everything else, but the actual display itself made in Korea. So yeah, yeah. Sony, you bastards just make one or two more good cameras and then, and then I'm good. I promise. But should I should I really use all those points is what I'm asking on my Sony credit card. Because if you're getting out of the hardware business, then maybe I'm going to be getting out of the Sony business. That'll be a wrap for today. Do me a solid. Tell two friends that everything else out there in the sports radio world is really crappy and that they should list on, listen. Insist on quality and listen. To podcasts like this. Leave a positive review, download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. Again, thank you for listening and we will see you next time.